So anyway, you might actually see like three or four of the best players in soccer transfer this during this transfer portal. So Messi has already left. I saw uh, that. Barcelona. You know, um, now it looks like because Messi's in at PSG, uh, Kylian Mbappe, who's like the one of the best youngest players, young players in the world, wants to leave right. because he doesn't want to share the spotlight. Right. Ronaldo looks like he's going to go to Manchester City. Hmm. That's the new. That's the new thing. So two of the th- three best players of all time have transferred this year. That's a uh, that's a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. Almost like the NBA. Yeah. Almost like the NBA. It's a little bit like if like LeBron and Durant moved in the same offseason, which didn't that happen? It was pretty close. It didn't it, quite happen. It, it was one year it off. It didn't quite happen. It was one year off, but it would be like them both happening at the same time. Yeah. And Curry deciding to leave because Cur- because Messi leaving Barcelona is a lot like, it's like Curry leaving Golden State. Right. Because right. he's that kind of like loved in the area and right. long term and all that stuff. So. Because we know you come here for your soccer news. Yes. Or, yeah. or football. Football. Mm-hmm. But we're not a football podcast. Podcast. This is a this is a this is a couple of dads cutting it up and talking about uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. Um, so we are continuing with our ranking this week. Uh, what is uh, what are the what are the Marvel news and notes from the, this week? There was really only there was much that happened this week. No, it, nothing significant. Nothing really happened at week. all. Oh, but wait. Oh I, my God, we had a spider gasm. Yeah. So first, there was like the fake. There was mm-hmm. the copy of a copy. There was a phone recording mm-hmm. of a phone playing back. Right. <laughs> of a trailer. Yeah, but the first thing that we should indicate yes. is that we both predicted last week. Yes. That we weren't going to get a Spider-Man trailer anytime soon. We were 100% sure. I was... We were 100% sure. <laughs> and we were sure that um, that uh, Spider-Man was going to get delayed. Mm-hmm. We were, it was going to totally, it was going to get pushed back into the new year. Yep. It wasn't going to get released in November, uh, December. It was totally going to get uh, delayed. The coronavirus was going to, you know, uh, take another victim. Yes. And Spider-Man being that victim. Yeah, that didn't happen. No, no, we were way wrong. Super wrong. Which mm-hmm. begs the question, hey, Sony, why so late? <laughs> like, that was still really late. It is really late, but it also begs another question. Do we have the power to negatively speak things into existence? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay. So all we have to do is come up with something that we really want to say ha- to happen. And then just say, oh, you know what? It's never happening. And then by the, this time next week, when we when we when we speak to um, our huge audience, uh, they will find out that you know this great thing has happened. So um, I have a little bit of experience with this, and I'll tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Once I was in a fantasy put, uh, a pick'em league where you'd pick against the spread, mm-hmm. and I started the season. I realized I was so bad. I was like mm-hmm. negative choices. I realized if I just flipped everything that I picked, I would have to do better. And sure enough, I came back from like, you know, near last place to come in third. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the problem is you have to still believe in the choice you made. So this was really easy for me because football is a 50-50 thing. I think this in the world of uh, infinite choices, since we have to truly believe it to make Mm -hmm. it come into existence, I don't think we're gonna be able to do it. You can't like actually want something to happen and then just say the other thing's gonna happen. you have to really believe it to be true. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so, I don't know if I've got one. <laughs> so that, that power will not 
be as useful as you would like. Mm. That being said, I do have some predictions based on this trailer. You do have some predictions based on this trailer. So let's talk about the trailer. So um, uh, it's, 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 it's exciting. It's weird. There's lots of stuff that happens. It's been very popular. Mm -hmm. Super popular. It hit 355 million views in the first 24 Mm -hmm. hours. And as contrast, uh, even Endgame, only mm-hmm. 289 million views for right. 24 hours. And I think, I mean, you know, Endgame came out at a different time in the world where, mm-hmm. you know, people were excited about going to the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably still a little trepidation by a lot of people to go to a movie in right. a couple of months. But, you know, we'll see. Um, I, would, I would say that Endgame was far more anticipated. But I, judging by the numbers that we're seeing, I'm not sure. So sure, not, yeah, not so sure. I, I almost wonder: Does this actually mean, as big as we thought Marvel was back then, maybe Marvel's actually bigger now? You know, the content that's been released has all been released either like just on Disney Plus or like dually on Disney Plus and, and the theaters, as in as in Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I sort of hinted at the fact last week that I was sort of leaning towards the the idea that. Uh, the coronavirus is going to forever change the way people go to the movies, that it was going to be mm-hmm. far fewer. But maybe there is that desire. Maybe people want to go see this movie. I do. Yeah, I really want to see it. Uh, I think it's actually possible that Marvel is more popular. And here's why. like People can now watch every single movie and get caught up with Marvel on Disney+. Plus. That was not possible at the time of Endgame. Except The Incredible Hulk. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I believe the two uh, Spider-Man movies are True. not available on Disney+. Plus. True, but the vast majority, the vast, vast yes. majority, you can know the, the major points. You can, you can. And I think uh, Disney, I mean, I think the two Spider-Man movies are available free somewhere. Not yeah, free, on, but with a with subscription. Yeah. With a TV subscription on, was it, FX has the first Spider-Man. Okay. The second one I couldn't find, we just watched it recently. Uh-huh. So I think I just bought it on like iTunes. I have it on iTunes too. So, cause it was before, it was before Disney plus that came out. Right. So, um, so yeah, so it's a pretty exciting, pretty exciting trailer. So a couple of the things that you see are, you see uh, imagery from, you get a, you get a clearly a Dr. Strange team up. Mm-hmm. Clearly Dr. Strange uh, is in this. We get, we get some images from the previous Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man uh trilogy you have yeah we as spoke, well as yeah dr ock is that what we're yeah saying? we get dr octopus at the end we get a we get a pumpkin bomb mm-hmm. from the green goblin um we also see some images of like a sandstorm mm-hmm. sandman stuff going on uh to harken back to the amazing spider-man duology duology wait sandman Movie. was actually toby Maguire three yes it was yeah Terrible. so the the lightning though the lightning was from the the amazing uh, amazing spider-man Spider. so yes yeah, so i was going to say electro yeah sort of there's a, there's a lightning bolt and then there's also apparently somebody can hear the lizard i didn't hear the lizard hmm. growl and there's a scene where something is sort of in the shadows hmm. and it's dark and a lot of people think it's the lizard there are a few people out there that might be crazy Mm-hmm. There are a few people out there that think it might be Venom, mm. also Spider-Man Three. Yeah, also well, also Venom, also from the Sony movie Venom. Mm-hmm. I know Sony so, wants that, right? 
I do not want I, that. <laughs> I don't want that either. I kind of like the, the fact that Sony has their own thing and they're doing this weird sort of non-Spider-Man Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah, it's exit the Spider-Verse, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't... I, yeah, I, I definitely don't want their version of Venom in there. This, that doesn't fit. I haven't seen it, have you? Seen no, I refuse. Venom? Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, it's not it's not sort of my thing. I feel like Venom is sort of you, you can tell Venom via Spider Man, mm-hmm. just because of you can't explain all of Venom's powers otherwise. But yeah, um, but yeah, so so this is this looks like a crazy movie. It looks crazy. Here's my wild wild prediction. Wild prediction. Go ahead. So wait wait wait. In, you need a drum roll. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> there there it is. Uh, I believe, so within the trailer, it appears that Doctor Strange uh, casts some sort of spell and that's what makes all this mayhem happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the spell ostensibly is so that Peter Parker's secret identity is no longer known to the world, which is right. a plot line from the comics. One day so, more. W- yeah, one, one, more, one more day. One more day, yeah. one day more, I can't remember. Uh, apparently the worst Spider-Man story of all time is ranked by many people. One of them, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say that that is not actually Doctor Strange doing that. That it okay. is either uh, some variant of Doctor Strange, or or could it be Mephisto? Oh my God, F- Mephisto! Are you serious? Could it be Mephisto? I actually think so, this could really be Mephisto. Finally, yeah. So, so those of you who remember our our uh, recap of WandaVision, every episode, the internet went crazy thinking that Mephisto was going to rear his ugly head mephisto is basically the devil basically in the it, marvel it cinematic does universe. come from mephistopheles but, mephistopheles but basically and actually anytime you try to type mephisto and i've done this a few times with you it it auto corrects to yes to mephistopheles but and mephisto is like the devil but he's also kind of like just a petty dude yeah. devil super he's petty. not really he's powerful but also kind of doesn't really have ambitions to sort of take over the world he's kind of his ambitions are basically just to kind of, you know, be a, a huge dick. <laughs> yes. He is a Q. He's mm-hmm. a Mr. Mitzelplick. Yeah. Uh, infinite power, but infinite dickishness. Yeah. Just kind of petty. Like, like he, he would be a great internet troll. Yes. Yeah. Just to comment about every time, like, AOC tweets something, just you know, comment something sexist. Mm-hmm. Any anytime somebody like you know somebody somebody really just pure and good, just like like even like Ted Lasso, he he's probably writing a like a like a column about Ted Lasso how he thinks that Ted Lasso is just too schmaltzy. Yeah, he's that guy. It's That's poorly written. <laughs> poorly <laughs> written. This is totally unrealistic. They would never but, hire an American football. Oh God, it's just. It's, why would they? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's Mephisto in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Ted Lasso season two also terrific. Oh yeah, I've been watching that too. Good stuff. Yeah, yep. So that's my wild, wild prediction. I, uh, I, I think uh, you know, um, if we don't want Mephisto in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which you and I kind of don't want it, I don't. You speaking it into existence might actually, because you believe it, yeah, might actually work work in our favor so i do believe like i do not i am a, all right I, I, it might not be mephisto per se but that is not dr strange that's my that's my guarantee right now okay book it 
write it down, mark it. We'll, we'll, we'll put in some fanfare or something. Ta-da. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to do that work, but yeah, go ahead. Don't, don't forget it. That's, <laughs> that's important. Uh, so anyway, so why we actually convened here this evening, um, we're continuing on with our ranking. Um, we are in the, the full fledged good movie portion. The rest mm -hmm. of this, we've got 15, 16 movies still to go. Uh, they're all good. Yeah, it's it's really hard when I when I was rewatching these things and we're like, gosh, do we have this too low? Is this is this one just like not high enough? Um, but it's it's just it's these these movies are just really fun. Like last week with Ant Man, I was just like, God, Ant Man should be six six movie positions higher. Yeah, but uh, and I kind of feel the same way about this one. We're we're talking tonight about Guardians of the Galaxy two. Uh -huh. So it's a little strange to be talking about a sequel before we get to the original. But we've also done that with uh, uh, both Thor and uh, two Iron Man sequels. So I think mm. we'll get over it. And the Avengers. So True. We'll, we'll get over it. Um, so yeah, so this is uh, fully like snapdag snap in the middle of, uh, of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe phase three. Um, this movie is kind of chronologically right after Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Right. Like uh, whenever anybody does like a full breakdown of the chronology of the MCU, like Guardians, both both one and two sort of come right one after one after another. Right. There's no real lag in between them. There's no movies that come in between them typically in the chronology, and uh, so it's firmly in the 2014 range. If that helps anybody sort of figure out when this movie first. Yeah, and the action. I think we're supposed to imply that they've gone on other adventures since the first movie. Mm -hmm. They've been a team doing their heists or whatever they might do. Oh yeah. Uh, some this, good, some bad. Some good, some bad, just like as we, we see at the end of the first movie. But is this is not that far after. Yeah. So, but we do have the same lineup. We've got, you know, it's, it's your Star-Lord, Peter Quill. We've got Gamora, Drax the Destroyer, Rocket. And uh, we, we, we start off with a baby group. Mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Groot uh, is sort of destroyed and reborn at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. So we begin with a flashback to 1980. Um, we get an awesome de-aged, uh, Marvel is good at this. We talked about this last week with Kurt Russell in Ant-Man. Uh, uh, I think they do have a Michael Douglas job. in Ant-Man. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kurt Russell is in this one. Michael Douglas in Ant-Man. Uh, they do even a better job this time with Kurt Russell. He looks awesome. He looks, got the, yeah, exactly like he did. Exactly like he did. Perfect hair. God, his hair is great. Yeah. Um, great casting, by off. the way. Perfect casting. Yes, yes, perfect casting. This movie is is terrifically casted. Um, I think down to all the little, uh, we get some cameos at the end, and I think some of those are just like really cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, Kurt Russell looks amazing. He's driving an awesome muscle car and he's uh, with uh, Peter Quill's mom. I mm -hmm. uh, can't remember her first name, but it doesn't matter. Uh, he shows her a weird plant in the woods. Yes. Which is this glowy sort of blue thing. We I assume it's like a plant. It's it looks like a plant. Yeah, It's plantish. Uh, they are clearly in love. And uh, in the the uh, the the implication is that he is Peter's dad, right? At yeah. this point. They're I think guessing. the audience believes that at this point, because we, yeah, we because definitely recognize that as Peter's yeah. mom. It's 1980. They're clearly doing it. 
mm-hmm. and uh and you know brandy or a fine girl is playing in the background so right. um, that's clearly you know love uh so we flash forward 34 years later that's a uh, significant yes. um so it's 2014 we're far away from earth um the guardians are in a place called the sovereign which is a, a like a planetary system where a bunch of gold people live yes um gold finger hired... gold this would have killed gold them finger all. gold yeah so they were just like painted gold so yes. we, we can talk about it later um but they've been hired to uh protect these batteries that these uh this group has yeah from this from an interdimensional monster that eats batteries yes so it's ridiculous it's totally ridiculous totally but fits it their world right because yes. their world is this like uh, what what kind of colors do you call this vibrant color mm-hmm. 1950s style space art deco almost yeah art, space art deco space art deco and so a monster yeah. that eats batteries totally fits this yeah sort of like a combination of um the most ridiculous space movie you've ever seen with like neon like tron okay mm-hmm. so it's a combination of tron las vegas and 1947 miami beach mm. Yeah. Okay. Just think that. Yeah. And that's 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 where the sovereign is. Yeah. Um. So there's this huge fight scene. There's this big blobby monster that comes out of this portal for reasons, um, and the guardians start to fight it. Uh, the the first part of the 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 the, uh, the the scene is actually you're you're following around Baby Groot because he's turned on the music, and uh, we get um, our second. Uh, great sort of late 70s early 80s music it's a uh electric light orchestra mr blue sky classic and, uh, he's, song yes yeah. it's a classic song uh and i think we can talk a little bit about the songs so james gunn's really good about picking songs in movies uh, particularly these two movies and he almost always picks like like the second or third best song from an artist mm-hmm. or kind of a cheesy one hit wonder mm-hmm. So that's kind of his his mo, but it's never it's never like the best song. So this is like it's not witchy woman, mm-hmm. or, or not witchy woman's eagles. It's not medieval woman, which is yellow. Mm-hmm. That's like the most famous yellow song. It's Mr. Blue Sky, which is a little more esoteric, a little weirder. Um, but yeah, so anyway. pretty. It's a still a, this one's pretty famous though. This one it's I, a banger. It's certainly a banger. I, will, I was uh, going to say this one actually almost breaks his trend of using the less popular song because this one has shown up in other contexts i think in other right. movies but i will tell you based on my own person personal anecdotal experience mm-hmm. you know buying remember those um, cassettes that you could buy like in the 80s that were like best of the 70s yeah through different things elo's medieval woman that's the was one on gotcha. the one that was on the best of the 70s so sure. just saying just from that we're not gonna, you know, right. say that this is the best song. So anyway, so there's a huge fight scene. They kill this uh, big blobby thing, yeah, monster, and they save the batteries. Except then, Rocket steals a couple. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and this scene was pretty great. You know, it's uh-huh. basically a music video to open yes. up the the movie, uh, where. This happens a lot in the movie where like there's this whole big action, but we can't even see it happening. We just see baby Groot dancing and like meanwhile yes, there's exactly. mayhem happening everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's uh it's 
it's James Gunn sort of like exploring the absurdity of all this, right? Yeah, it's clever. You know, and just yeah. yeah, it's very clever. Um, it's a really sort of great way to sort of establish character, right? Mm-hmm. So we we know that Baby Groot's kind of a we know he's kind of an anarchist at this point, right? Mm-hmm. So he's just not really caring about what they're doing. He's caring about chasing little bugs and um, and fighting rodents and yeah and uh, dancing, right? So, um so they took this job we find uh so that they could trade these services in exchange for a captured nebula nebula um is of course gamora's uh, wayward sister um and so they're able to get nebula who's you know in handcuffs uh nebula's got a uh a bounty out on her which they're presumably going to collect mm-hmm. what, their, what their idea is but Rocket, of course, has stolen a couple batteries. We need to remember that. Yeah. Um, so as they leave these sovereign, the Sovereign, so we learn that the Sovereign is like a species of perfectly genetically engineered people. They have um, forsworn sex so they can sort of perfectly create their future generations genetically and in science. And right. that's why they're all perfect and gold. And they do all look beautiful, but they're also, they also look like they've just been spray painted. Yes, <laughs> there is kind of a, a look to all of the aliens where like the colors are almost uh, uh, just like not real, right? Like Gamora's green is a super bright green, like a right. non-natural. The rest of the MCU does always does these muted tones. Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy doesn't do that. Gamora's green is like a very primary green. And Nebula is very blue? Blue. Or purple, blue. I'd say, I'd say that's- See, I'm a little colorblind, so I- Oh, right, yeah, yeah. She's blue. Yondu is like really primary blue. Like, just, yeah, that's like blue. So they they super saturate. It's, the colors. He's a little bit like the crayon. That yes, you get. it's just blue. Yeah. <clears throat> so, which is you know just the look and adding to the absurdity that these perfect people, but of course they're just they're pricks. <laughs> yeah, jerks. Uh, uh, you know, Quill does kind of flirt with the queen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're just they're not nice. They're so prissy. Yeah. Yes. And in fact, they have the technology and the wherewithal to kill this monster themselves. They just didn't want to lift a finger. Didn't want to do it. They'd rather pay somebody. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Guardians sort of leave with Gamora and the the Sovereign figure out that there are a couple of their batteries have been stolen Mm -hmm. and they get pissed. Mm -hmm. So they send like this drone fleet of uh, spaceships after them. Yep. Um, So we get, you know, our space chasing. Yeah. Uh, Rocket and, and Quill are sort of uh, fighting over who gets to pilot the, the ship because each of them thinks that thinks of themselves as sort of the captain and the best pilot. And it's kind of a pissing contest between right. the two of them. <clears throat> uh, the, the, the Sovereign have a huge fleet of these drone ships and it's sort of like a first shooter, first person shooter video game that they have set up, yeah. almost VR, where they're not actually risking their lives chasing after them. They're just, you know, shooting after them with the, you know, right. through this video game kind of thing. So, so prissy people are not, uh, that's a good idea. Like if you've got that it technology, you, you should just do yeah. that. Yes. You shouldn't risk the lives of people. You should just put out machines. Yeah. You, even if you had no regard for human life or alien life, uh, pilot, training pilots again is expensive. So mm-hmm. why not just have them get better and better? Yeah. And have them retire, not die. Yeah, seems mm-hmm. smart. Yeah. So way to go, Sovereign. Yeah, good job. 
a totally racist group of individuals. Oh yeah, completely um, racist. Oh, completely racist. Um, so uh, the Guardians sort of think they've escaped into an asteroid field, um, but as soon as they get through the field, despite you know their the pissing contest, as aforementioned, uh, they're confronted by you know the huge fleet of sovereign ships that just went around the field. <laughs> yes. Now. <laughs> This always happens in these yeah. kinds of chases. Like, oh my gosh, they just went around. Why didn't you just go around? Well, I if think that was faster. set up that, that they were trying to go through it to lure all the spaceships. That was their only way to survive if the other fleet had blindly followed them. So I actually did like this moment a lot because it, it, mm -hmm. they, it answers the question of like, wait, if you're the huge fleet, why don't you just go around it? And they, they do it. Like, Yeah. Right. This is a, a well-written movie and like a lot of those things where you're like, wait, why didn't they do that? You, you don't ask that question for long because usually the characters end up doing it. Exactly. So um, uh, fortunately for the Guardians, the uh, fleet is destroyed by a guy surfing on top of the spaceship, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> because just, of course. Just a dude. And, and just flies in a different direction and they see him and they're like, hey, look, it's a guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the characters mentioned they're like, it was just a guy. It was just a guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, so they, they get out of the spaceship field and then they, uh, they jump through, uh, like a, like a wormhole, I guess. Mm -hmm. Do they call them wormholes in this stuff? They call it jump points, I think. Is that jump points? So yeah. it's similar to like a, like an Einsteinian sort of relativity wormhole. I don't yeah. know exactly how those things are. Yeah. They, there's no like lights there's, in this world. It's not like uh, star Wars where the jump mm -hmm. to light speed, this, they, they have to hit a jump point and go through the jump. Right. And it's like a transfer point. So right. they, they're able to hit the jump they, and then they're transferred to an atmosphere uh, of a, of an inhabit of a habitable planet. Right. Their ship is damaged. They crash land. So they're going to be stuck there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, while they're doing repairs and all this stuff, uh, the spaceship surfer guy mm -hmm. comes and meets them in his spaceship. It's yep. he and a uh, alien woman that comes with him. And this is Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell aged mm -hmm. uh, to, to be an older man. Um, as he is. He's an older yeah. man. I, I don't know if he's uh, aged. He's like back at his regular age. Just Kurt Russell, yeah. yeah. And I will say, he still looks amazing. He still looks amazing. And uh, yeah. yeah, he's great. Uh, he calls himself Ego. That's his name. Uh, he claims to be Peter's father. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and he's able to convince, uh, after a couple little conversations back and forth between Peter and Gamora, that uh, Peter should come visit him on his planet, which is right. basically part of him. Uh, Ego is uh, not just your average dude. He's some sort of... Uh, um, does he call himself a celestial at this point or is he later? I think it's later. When they land on the planet, he, he explains that he is a celestial. Mm -hmm. Now, celestial is something specific in Marvel. Um, they don't really go into what it is right here. It's got some relationship to the upcoming Eternals movie. Right. It's got some relationship to, uh, I believe it's got some relationship to Thanos too. Is that right? Yeah, because the Titans are related to the Celestials, just like yeah, how there's and like the Eternals. It, yeah. It's like this whole group of you know cousins. Yeah, so Celestials, I guess I guess we can go into that a little bit. Like Celestials are almost like the the Greek gods. There's this notion of like okay, so there's different things that were made from the Greek god. Like there was Kronos mm -hmm. before Zeus, right? And so there's so, all these like you know 
offspring off those original ones. Celestials are like the first, the top of that tree. Mm-hmm. And Titans. So they would and, be above yeah. the, the they would be above certainly the Greek gods or the Norse right. gods. So we've seen Odin and Thor. They would be above those guys. Yeah. And eventually, I imagine in the MCU we'll see Hercules and mm-hmm. other things like that too. So yeah. Um so yeah, so the guardians split up. So we've got uh we get uh, Quill, Gamora, Drax all go to Ego's planet with Ego and his friend Mantis, mm-hmm. uh, who is an empath alien. Um, she can like touch people and feel their pain, and she can do lots of stuff. We'll get into yeah. that. Um, and Rocket Groot and the captured Nebula stay to repair the ship. Right. Okay. Meanwhile, at an alien brothel. Yeah. Hey. That's this- a great sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Alien brothel in this movie for kids. Awesome. Uh. Uh, another reason. So, you know, one of our observations later is how is this movie PG-13? Yeah. Um, I think that we, this, this is something that I've neglected to, to bring up then. I'm going to bring it up now. There is an alien brothel. Yeah. And it's clearly a brothel. I think you see mm-hmm. Yanni like zipping up his pants or something. It's, he's clearly putting on clothing. Yeah. And there's a woman in the background, an alien woman in the background sitting on a bed. She is fully clothed. Yeah. But there, there's the, and, and he is distant from her, like the, 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 the way that the, the shot is shown. Mm-hmm. It's clear that he just did whatever he was supposed to do and he paid her. Yeah. Right. Well, is she an alien or a, is she a robot? I couldn't quite figure that out. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah. This is a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> this is a brothel. Um, so uh, the Ravagers are there doing Ravager things, you know, mm-hmm. they're ravaging. Right? Yep. Um, and this is Yandu's group of Ravagers. Uh, and Yandu, so there's, there's other groups of Ravagers that are there too. One of those is led by uh, an amazing cameo. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best cameo we've had in the MCU thus far. Yeah. We have up there, up there with Robert Redford in The Winter Soldier. Yeah. I, I, I almost don't want to call that a cameo because he's there for so long. He's too big of a, he's too big of a position and role. Yeah. yeah this, this, this is totally, because I don't think this was even announced beforehand. No, no one knew this was, this was just like, this was just like, you see it in the open credits. That's, that's, yeah. that's the first time you see it. It's yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't remember his name. So we're going to call him Rocky. from <laughs> I think it's Stakar. It is Stakar. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We're going to still call him Rocky. Okay. Uh, Rocky, he's a Ravenger leader, but uh, um, he kind of hates Yondu mm-hmm. because Yondu in the past has some broken some Ravager code. Right. Um, uh, he even says it like smuggling kids, like smuggling yep. kids is like Ravagers do not smuggle kids. Smuggle kids. Yep. Okay. Good code. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, we they don't get we don't get it in the same scene. But this is clearly our sequel to Tango and Cash. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that James Gunn gets Stallone for this knowing he already had Russell? Well, he, yeah, he must have had Russell. Like that was a key bit of casting. So is this for like all the 80s fans are like Tango and Cash? Yeah, I don't know. Tango and Cash. So a uh, buddy cop movie from, from the late 19, 1980s uh, sort of co- sort of capitalizing on the buddy cop fanaticism that happened during the 80s yeah. there were nine billion 
movies that were buddy cups yeah. uh, during that decade. Um, we could call it the buddy cup decade if we wanted to. <laughs> could be. Um, I don't know. I mean, Tango and Cash was not a good movie. It wasn't, but it has a certain amount of like nostalgia for 80s sure. fans, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's actually not what I thought when I saw Stallone. I was thinking Stallone, and I thought it was great cameo. Here he is the character mm-hmm. too. Like, he's not like just, not just there hamming it up. Like you, you get the plot point that you need. That yeah, I don't think he can do it any other way now. Yeah, I think we just learned that he just isn't able to speak in like complete sentences or right or he's got some sort of mental disorder that doesn't allow him to what whatever whatever it is this is an awesome cameo yeah (laughs) yes it is it's great um so after so tank so so rocky's pissed he's just like we're gonna take our business elsewhere because we can't do it here because you serve this guy yes so and and importantly yandu will not be welcomed as a ravager by the other ravager clans of there's of which there's many and he will yes. not get the Ravager. And he will not funeral. get all these like benefits after he's dead. He's not going to get the Ravager funeral, which is like a Viking right. funeral. Which is a little bit like a Viking funeral with yeah. more fireworks. Right. Um, so Aisha, the, the queen of the sovereign, is she the queen or is she just she's like, queen? Just yeah. The leader? yeah, queen. Yeah, they call uh, her she queen. arrives. <laughs> Although yeah. there's a board, <laughs> there's a board later on. So this is like a CEO. Yeah, yeah so she's, yeah, it's, it's unclear. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit like, you know, they make her a queen and then they realize, you know, they're so advanced. Maybe we should have them be more democratic. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit like what they did with uh, Queen Amidala in. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then they make her a bureaucrat at the end. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, she, so she arrives after after Rocky leaves uh, and hires the uh, Ravagers led by Yondu. Uh, to get the Guardians of the Galaxy and retrieve those batteries that she uh, lost. Yep. So Yondu takes the job, and they track Quill's ship. Does anybody know how they track Quill's ship, or he just he just has like he says it actually. He says that he he had uh, because remember at the end of the last movie, uh, Quill kind of you know Yondu does let Quill go, thinking that he has the the what is the Infinity Infinity Stone. But he says here that like, oh yeah, I had actually put a, a tracking device on. Okay, on so he, he's able to track it. Yeah. So we've got Quill, Gamora, and Drax, and Mantis. Mm-hmm. They're enjoying the beauty and splendor of Ego's planet. So yep. We jump to a different scene. Um, Rocket, Groot, and Nebula are attacked by Yondu and his crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this is a cool scene. Rocket sort of just like MacGyvering the shit out of this little planet that they're on yeah. and and totally defeating a whole bunch of Ravagers yep. without with, with like science and just him being a raccoon. Yeah. 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 Rocket's a good fighter. That's that's what we yes, love. Yes. Yes. Um, but then, and we have to talk about this. Is this the greatest? So Yandu's arrow. Yeah. Where he can just whistle and it kills everybody. Mm-hmm. Is it the best weapon that's not Mjolnir by Thor? Thus far? <laughs> so yeah, you see Rocket defeat all these Ravagers and the fight ends yes. instantly as soon as when Yandu just whistles. Yeah, when the when the arrow comes in. Yeah. It's depicted as a near Thor like weapon. Uh-huh. Now, I think if you saw the this the second episode of What If. 
I feel like mm-hmm. we see the end of the, the weapon there. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't that hard to defeat. Because mm-hmm. clearly a gun would fire faster than the whistle, than the arrow whistle can fly. That's right. So as depicted in this movie, it is like a weapon awesome. of mass genocide. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and we will get to that too, PG-13 movie. Um, uh, but yeah, as depicted, it is way more powerful than I think it should be. Yeah. Because it is just an arrow. It's far more powerful than any of Hawkeye's arrows, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. Um, Like, what happens if, like, Yondu versus Cap? Is Cap fast enough to, like, block all of those arrows? I feel like Cap can catch the arrow. That Once you catch the arrow, it's over. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we know that, and we know, and we know because, like, when Cap caught that spear in, Mm -hmm. in Infinity War, like, Everyone, every woman in the uh, in the theater that I watched it in got pregnant right at that moment. <laughs> yeah, and so, I think I, I it, yeah, yeah. I think. I, well, so that, that makes me wonder too. Like, so Cap can catch something like Yarrow. I'm pretty sure. I feel mm-hmm. like Gamora can too. So we see that Gamora has effectively super strength. Yeah, I think she's effectively as strong as Cap with the super soldier serum. Like, probably more so. Probably. Like these aliens that we see are way more strong than a human. Mm-hmm. And uh, Captain America is basically like, you know, almost like Spider-Man level, like 10 times that of a human. Yeah, he, he's not quite Spider-Man level, but Spider-Man should be able to catch that thing. Right. Yeah. So why is this stupid arrow so powerful? I don't know, but we're going to get to more, more arrow. Uh, your genocide work where it's, <laughs> it's good. Um, so... Uh, so after Yondu, you know, captures uh, Rocket, uh, the he he indicates that you know they're not gonna get Quill. They're gonna they're gonna let Quill go, but they're gonna take the batteries and sell mm-hmm. them for less money than than that that what uh, Aisha was gonna give them. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of the Ravagers are like they mutiny. Yeah, and and I will say this is like one of those like this kind of makes sense. Like yeah. Yondu has done this now for a full movie. They're like, oh, let's just let him go. And finally yeah. the Ravagers just get pissed. They just get pissed and they're like, okay, enough of that. And yeah. they, they mutiny. So then um, Nebula has been released by, by uh, Groot to help Rocket, mm-hmm. but she doesn't do that. She shoots uh, Yondu in the fin. Right, the thing on the top of which, his head. Which, which, which we learn at this point controls the arrow. Right. When you saw this happen the first time, when you saw... I thought he was dead. I thought he was dead, too. I was like, oh. First time, oh, that was was okay. Michael Rooker, no more. Sorry. R.I.P. Yeah. Sorry, Yondu. But anyway, so they mutiny. Uh, We go back to the um, Ravager ship. Uh, The mutineers are killing off all the Yondu loyalists. They're just throwing them out of the ship and letting them freeze in space. Yeah, brutal. It's pretty brutal. Uh, but they don't do that to Yandu for some reason. Yeah, apparently, he has, a bounty. he has a bounty on his head. So they're going to collect the bounty. Yeah, that's worth more than just throwing him out. Yeah, and they don't do it to Rocket either. Mm-hmm. Um, for reasons. <laughs> for reasons. Uh, Taserface is now their leader. Yes. Uh, they, they, there's lots of jokes about Taserface being a terrible leader. Yes. And those are all funny. They're great. Because Taserface is a terrible leader. Yep. Um, Nebula kind of gets bored with being on this ship with the Ravagers. So she leaves. She commandeers a ship 
uh, and extra parts to fix some of her broken parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she leaves and she's going to go try to kill Gamora because, mm-hmm. you know, they're sisters. Yep. Um, back on Ego. Planet Ego. Yep. Planet Ego. Uh, we get some father-son bonding. Uh, Quill's evil, able to sort of do like a glowy ball thing. Yep. yep. Uh, they, apparently that's great for Ego because Ego can do glowy balls too. The glowy ball is pretty important. Yeah. Um, Star-Lord puts the moves on Gamora again in this movie. Yeah. God, he can't keep it in his pants. Again, it's a PG-13 movie. Yeah. <laughs> this, at least this Star-Lord, I will say, is way more PG uh, PG than the, than the other Star Lord. No, Star Lord in movie one, like he opens uh-huh. with him, like having yeah. a, a uh-huh. one night stand uh, orange alien that, that yeah, just wakes up right. on a ship. Yeah, he's he's more of a cad than James T. Kirk, right? Yes, totally. Um, so, uh, and there's some really funny back and forth between Drax and Mantis in this movie. Yeah, uh, particularly in these scenes. Uh, you know, you can argue, we can argue, I think. Jax is probably a little overused in this movie, and we can talk about that later. But yeah. uh, these, some of these are funny scenes. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so Gamora doesn't trust Ego, so she's going going to look for proof that he's evil. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets attacked by Nebula. Yep. Uh, they fight. Um, neither of them is really kind of willing to deal the death blow. Yep. At, at that point, um, they have like a sisterly moment uh, after nearly killing each other. And they file off, they find a they find a pile of bones, mm-hmm. which is never a good sign. No. Piles of bones again. It's a pile of bones. We're not talking about like 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 a like a like a like six bones. We're talking like millions upon millions of bones. It's a whole cave made of yes. bones. <laughs> made of filled with bones. Yeah. Um, PG thirteen movie. Uh, Mantis confesses to uh, the non Peter guardians that Ego has been killing his progeny. So his, his kids, uh, who could not maintain that connection to the planet that he has. That the, the connection to the planet that he has is some, like a sign of that little glowy ball that Peter is right. able to do. Um, Yondu and Rocket. Mm-hmm. Back to them. Yeah. So we're back in the sh- on, the, on the Ravager ship. Um, they're able to get an experimental fin for Yondu that he had in one of his drawers in the captain's quarters. Right. Uh, which is bigger and more finny. Mm-hmm. Right? Super tall fin. Uh, it's super tall fin. It's like it's like it's a little uncomfortable. Um, and so his arrow is now back in play. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they get they get this help from uh, Groot. There's a funny scene where Groot keeps bringing stuff back and forth for them. For them. Right. And it's never the fin. Right. <laughs> he just keeps bringing stuff back to them, like different things, like a, like he brings back a uh, an eyeball. He brings back you know just different things. A toe. <laughs> a toe. Yeah. I don't know how he got the toe, but it's gross. <laughs> Um, so Yondu then straight up murders dozens of Ravagers. Yeah, every remain other all the, but one in the end. Every other Ravager he kills with this magic arrow. That's right. Um, all with uh, the 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 song "Come a little bit closer" in the background, so it's it's not as violent sounding. Yeah. Uh, they also destroy half the ship. They just he doesn't just he doesn't just kill everybody. He just blows up the anybody that might have been clinging to life just gets blown up yeah yep uh right before it blows up uh taser face contacts the uh sovereign to tell mm-hmm. them where uh how to track yondu ship right 
Um, there's one guy that they don't kill. It's the guy that helps them. It's the, um, I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. But yeah, the he, he he's, he's the one who, who was like just kind of mad that Yondu kept helping out Quill. And he said, right. I didn't mean to call him some mutiny. He just didn't want yeah. to have uh, Peter Quill screwing them over every time. And yeah, I think yeah. he kind of has a point. Like, yeah. Yeah, so they plot a course to save Quill from Ego. Uh, it turns out that Ego had played Yon- paid Yondu years ago uh, to bring him different kids from all over the uh, universe. One of those kids was Quill. Uh, he turned over several of them, who mm-hmm. I guess Yondu, who Ego killed, uh, and he refuses to hand over Quill and ra- raises him. Yeah. The story. Right. Yondu knows that Quill, that Ego's bad, uh, and also maybe a god, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, yeah, so so we got Yondu, Rocket, and Groot coming to the rescue, and the other guy. He doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, we've got Gamora, Nebula, Drax, and Mantis know the truth about Ego. Yep. Peter is connecting with Ego, and they start to fulfill Ego's purpose, which is to turn those weird plants. Remember those weird plants? Mm-hmm. Uh, that Ego has planted all over the universe to expand and engulf planets. They sort of just kind of, it's like a flat, fast blob, right? Yeah. Yeah, it lets it'll let ego like be everywhere where he's put plants, which is turns out everywhere. Yeah. Um, so Peter's kind of in a trance-like state, but uh, during this sort of you know father-son bonding, ego lets lets it slip. I don't. Is this was just just like a mistake? No, <laughs> it's intentional. And, and it's I'll, intentional. I'll, like we, I can talk. I'll talk about this here. That like sure. So talk about it. So ego was tr- is trying to convey to to Peter, and he's he's got him under the trance. So I think ego right. believes he's got him fully under his control. That like this is our destiny. He's figured out the point of life is actually uh, replication, and as right. a planet, he has to replicate to all the other planets, like to fulfill you know the, the meaning of life. And even, it, it does. Peter is pushing against it, and he says something like, "You know, I can't." kill all these people and ego makes it a point to say that like no you have to like give this up for example uh i fell in love with your mother because because peter's objecting he's like well what about my friends like I, you know are they all gonna get overrun with this too and he's like no no, no you're gonna have to give up your friends just like i had to give up your mother oh right right, right. so he so ego and ego points out that he kills peter's mother right like that's how far because he's trying to emphasize this is how important it is to like give up everything else because you're not human you're right. you're this you're and, and a celestial says, and, and he says you know if i had gone back to your mother one more time i would have stayed with her right and lived out my life that way right um and he believes that's a, a mistake it's he believes that would have been a mistake so he put a tumor into uh peter's mother's head yeah and peter kind of wakes wakes up from his stupor and shoots ego in the head yeah. Uh, during the scene, we get a really cool uh, David Hasselhoff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So shooting ego, he just starts growing back because he's yeah he's godlike, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then he turns into Hasselhoff. Just saying, right. like I try to be something that you'd like. Yeah, because he, we know how much Peter loves David Hasselhoff. Uh, so the Guardians like crash a ship into him after that. Yeah. Um, so that kind of temporarily incapacitates him. So. Uh, they, they, they hatch a plan and the plan is they're, they're going to try to kill Ego, destroy the planet. Yep. Uh, they're going to blow up Ego's brain, which Mantis lets them know where the brain is. 
Yep. Um, so they have these batteries to create um, a big enough explosion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mantis can try to keep Ego asleep because that's what her job is. Yep. Is she's an empath and she can kind of make somebody go to sleep. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so they got this plan. It's good shape, right? Everything's working perfectly. This would be an excellent plan, actually. It was an excellent plan. It was working great. And then all of a sudden the sovereigns show up. So these guys suck. <laughs> oh my God, they're terrible. They, they should know what's going on here. Like Yandu <laughs> knows that Ego is this uh, evil planet, right? So. Yeah, you got to think that there's probably one of these glowy plant things on the sovereign planet. Mm-hmm. I, I think we actually see it later on too. So maybe. So yeah, so, um, so the sovereigns show up. Um, so there's a big fight. So the sovereign uh, ships are fighting the, the guardian ships and there's, mm-hmm. everybody's got jetpacks and they're flying around, but we don't see any of that fight, most of it. Uh, what we see are <laughs> Groot and Rocket talking about the bomb. Yes. The so Rocket's giving Groot instructions on never touch, you know, like never touch this button. Yeah. And then like they go through the steps of, you know, what to do. So you touch this one, go, you know, they got steps by step. And Groot's like, you know, I am Groot, I am Groot, I am Groot. And then at the end, he always presses the button that he's not supposed to press. Yeah. Um, and then so <laughs> in a very funny, I think this is my, my, the funniest bit of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocket's like, okay, I, I need to put some tape on this uh, <laughs> button. So he starts, so he asks Quill, it's like, do you have any tape? And like, so Quill has to run around to the different guardians who are all fighting yeah. the Sovereign, by the way, if any of them have tape. Right. <laughs> this is a little tiny piece of tape and then and then there's a there's one little back and forth and and th- this is great radio uh one little back and forth between he and drax and drax asks if scotch tape is okay yeah. <laughs> first of all these are all aliens they shouldn't know what scotch tape is right but anyway and and it's like yes if scotch tape is okay and you get like this back and forth between those two and it's like and he's like and he goes back to rocket is like is scotch tape okay and then it's like back it back to Drax and Drax doesn't have scotch tape. <laughs> he asked the question if scotch tape was okay, but he didn't actually have scotch tape. Why did you ask if scotch tape? Then then it was just back. Why did you think if it was okay? But anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, so so Groot takes off with the bomb. So he's going off to find the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe um, uh, Gamora plugs herself into the. Uh, the ship that Yondu is flying? It's Nebula. Nebula does. Nebula, I'm sorry. And uh, and she just destroys all the sovereigns. Right. Yeah, the ship is running out of power, so yeah. they plug. she plugs in to give power to the ship, and the ship has, right. has ways to, like, destroy all A bunch of, of lasers. Fortunately, none of the Guardians are shot by any of these lasers. Yep. Yeah. Um, it only targeted all the... the so this, we don't have to worry about those sovereign jerks anymore. Right. Until the post credit scene. Right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna all work. It looks like it's gonna all work out, except uh, one thing happened. Except whoops, uh, Mantis gets hit by something and knocked unconscious. So the laser did destroy some rocks around. Like right. while Mantis was keeping uh-huh. Ego asleep, the, the one bad thing was the the laser mm-hmm. used to kill all the stupid sovereign ships does manage mm-hmm. to knock out Mantis. Yeah. And there's a funny, you know. Uh, a, a full like two seconds after she gets hit you know drax is there with the mantis look out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah more that, that might have been one of the best <laughs> drax that, was good, that was certainly a good one-liner yeah um 
so um so he goes awake uh he starts uh he starts trapping all the guardians and you know hooking uh uh and and starts using quill as a battery basically to you know start up his little blue plant right and, and i think this yeah. is part of the reason why he didn't mind telling quill that he he had uh right killed his mother because he always knew this he could do this he just he just yes. shoved his tentacles into him and he's got yeah. the energy he needs yeah. yeah and you see that the glowing blob growing in all these mm -hmm. other plants and i believe at this point you do see it growing on the sovereign planet too right. showing what a bunch of idiots they were mm -hmm. yeah so um just before he's like covered up in rocks yondu says you know something like you know i don't use my brain to you to uh uh to 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 run the arrow i use my uh, and you know uh that 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 keys into quill that he can sort of use his uh heart to uh to fight his father right uh so he's able to sort of fight they have this like weird telekinetic tele what a connection to the planet fight right right yeah the light you can see it, it lets peter fly around and yeah. like get the he rocks near, he, he has near i don't know it, it's not it's not uh like full-on um omnipotence but it's close he can control all the stuff in the planet because I, I think the idea is that ego grew the planet so he can control all of Bits yeah so and if we go back to the comics ego is just a giant planet yeah a planet like he's not like a body but yeah it's relevant um <clears throat> so yeah so the guardians are released from wherever like they're 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 impending doom and they start you know Groot's going to go set the bomb everybody else is sort of evacuating and yeah. peter is fighting uh ego uh yondu stays stays back to sort of make sure that peter can get out um, um, the bomb goes off. The Guardians leave without Quill and Yondu. Yep. Yondu has one spacesuit and one uh, jetpack. Yep. Just one each. So he puts the jetpack on, flies into the atmosphere, puts the spacesuit on Peter, uh, sacrificing himself to save uh, ostensibly his son because he points out, you know, you know, he may be he may be your father, but he ain't your daddy. Yeah. Um, very sweet moment. Yeah, and, and I will say, like, basically, now that the celestial fight's done, that we're playing it pretty straight from here. Like, there was every other like serious moment before was always broken up by like Drax interjecting or something mm -hmm. like that. But this is from here. This is this is played yeah. straight up for our, yeah, basically. So the end. bomb works. The the you know ego is destroyed. Uh, they get back to their ship. They're safe. Um, Yondu is lost. He's dead. Um, Yondu is put to rest. And after the, the other Ravengers learned of his uh, sacrifice, uh, they give him a proper uh, Ravager funeral. Yep. They do like fireworks and stuff. <clears throat> it's a very sweet moment. Yeah, it's good. And like that point, I... I remember watching it before when I watched it this time, it's still kind of a little teary. I think it, it's, it is effective. Oh, it, oh, it wells. Yeah. Um, there are lots of post-credit scenes. Most of them are silly and stupid. Yes. Uh, so Groot, Groot is now a teenager. Yeah. Uh, he is the, the Groot that we get in, I think the next time we see the Guardians of the Galaxy is Infinity War. Mm -hmm. uh, Aisha made Adam, which everybody kind of thinks is going to be Adam Warlock, who is yep. a, 
a character. I don't know much about Alan Warlock other than he's super powerful. He's super powerful. He was he played a big part in the Infinity Gauntlet saga in the comics. Right, which is a little weird since we've done that. Well, we, we, <laughs> we hadn't at this point in time. So at the time the movie right. comes out, we all, a lot of us believed, and I believe this too, that Adam Warlock would have some role in an Infinity War and we didn't know that Endgame was going to come out. But we, in the upcoming, we knew there was going to be this big Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So I had assumed, oh, Adam Warlock has to play a role there because that's what he does in the comics. Mm-hmm. He, he has yet to show up. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> with that um so yeah so uh whew, that was it that was guardians of the galaxy 2 what do you think uh i think this is a pretty good movie it is good we we actually one of the post-credit scenes though it had what the uh like the ravengers of the galaxy sliced stallone that's right so we get this, this is where we get a bunch of the uh, the cameos that i was talking about so we get right. um we get ving rames yep as a as a ravager He's got his own crew. I think we get Miley Cyrus as a robot as a ravager, as <laughs> yeah. a robot ravager. Yeah. We get Mich- Michelle Yeoh, the amazing Michelle Yeoh as uh, a ravager. Who's, who's going to show up again in the MCU? As a different, in a different, in a different role. Well, is it a different role? <laughs> or <laughs> is there, is there going to be some connection where like uh, alien yeah. Michelle Yeoh somehow landed on earth and becomes the character that in Shang-Chi? Yeah. And I don't, I don't know what right. her role is in Shang-Chi. So yeah. Could be anything. Um, it could be anything. Because um, they, they have been talking about like doing a Ravager movie. That looked um, like what this was a setup for, right? Yeah, but that hasn't been, uh, that hasn't been announced. No. And, and, and honestly, Stallone's getting old. This would, this, now this is hard to pull off. So I, at the time, a lot of us thought, oh, maybe this is a, a setup for a Ravagers movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, this, this little Easter egg was a throwback to one of the lineups of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. So all of those characters, there was an original lineup uh, mm-hmm. with Stakar and like a bunch of other okay. names, which I don't really know. And that's what that lineup is. Okay. Yeah. So, so we don't know if it's going to happen. It would be, it would make more sense as like a, like a, like a Disney plus TV show. Like a one-off TV show. Yeah. Like a one-off TV show and they'd have to do it fast. Stallone is like 78 years old. Yeah. So like the idea of him sort of, you know, leading a, a, a TV show or a movie at this point is like, yeah, you gotta, let's, let's, let's get it moving here, guys. Yeah. He's good in this movie, in this cameo. Like mm-hmm. he, he was effective in the role and seeing him at the end there, that, that was pretty fun. Uh-huh. Uh, when did this movie come out? Was this 2015 or something? Like, this is 2016 maybe. Yeah. That was, this was a while ago. Yeah. So anyway, um, so just looking at the as the movie as a whole, like the opening sites, the opening fight sequence on on the Sovereign is awesome. Yeah, I love that. Full on. Yeah, that holds um, up. Watch it again. It's good. It's a movie. It's a it's a music video, too. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. If if nothing else, uh, if you listen funny to funny and spectacular. If you've listened to us now <laughs> and you, you've seen this movie before, presumably, go back and watch it. It holds up. Yes, it does. Um, I think one thing that helps this movie is there's very few connections to the other rest of the MCU. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah. That they ha- almost had no requirements there. It's connected to the yeah. first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing it's connected to. You know what? The, the only thing that really matters is the Nebula-Gamora relationship. Mm-hmm. How it's sort of repaired right. at the end of this. 
and it's repaired at least on Nebula's side, because that that is significant for both uh, Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, well, yeah, and that's kind of it, though. Like that's all yeah. you need to have known from this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of amazing that they let that happen, because <laughs> even yeah. Ant Man had a stronger connection to the MCU. Yeah, far more. Um, so, and this is this is my opinion. I don't know if you share this one. Um, I've seen enough sp- uh, space fights in mm-hmm. space with spaceships, like in space, yeah. like out in the middle of nothing. I mean, we've had so many Star Wars movies. We've had so many um, different sort of sci-fi spaceships chasing after one another and firing lasers. And yeah, I think I think I think this we've run its course. I I still haven't seen anything that's as impactful as uh, in Return of the Jedi. Here they come, like that that initial thing where you see all those yeah. spaceships coming. Yeah, and uh, everything else um, kind of pales. It's like yeah, even the, like the most recent Star Wars sequels, they understand. Like almost all of the action takes place within like a planetary um, atmosphere. Yeah. So like you get the 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 Millennium Falcon, you know, flying around on a desert planet or on a on a snowy planet or different things. Just like yeah. showing it in the context of being not just out in the middle of nothing, but like within an atmosphere. I just think it works a little bit better. I, I kind of wonder, is it because we need a, a good sense of down? <laughs> is that why it's better or more interesting? Maybe, maybe just like a sense of like, you know, there being like a, 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 a dimension that you, you can't just like fly into. <laughs> so, it could be. Shane, have you ever played any space combat video games like Wing Commander? I have not. You know me, I'm not really a video game guy. Yeah, I, I played it back, back the day. And uh, mm-hmm. if you play enough of them, all of those games do devolve into like chase a spaceship and then turn right as hard as you can to spin to get behind it. And whichever ship can turn right faster, like if the enemy mm-hmm. ship can turn righter faster than you can, that's the mm-hmm. one that wins. Uh-huh. And that is kind of the end of these space video games because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Maybe that's and the I think end that's what of... they came up with. It. They just need to have like, because like that's, it's the one sort of action scene in this film that was like, eh, I could have done with that one. Yeah, it's a bit boring. Yeah. So um, uh, the family themes. We talk, oh, yeah. we talk about family. Yeah. So this movie is about family. Mm-hmm. It's 100%. They talk about it a lot. It's like mm-hmm. makes no bones about it. Yeah. At, at one point, P, you know, Peter says to Gamora, like, oh, you're mad because I finally found like my family. And she goes, I thought you had found that. Yeah. And it, and it really comes down to like the difference between like the family that you choose versus the family that you're sort of born into. Right. And this is clearly a situation where the, the family Peter was born into uh, either is bad. Yep. Uh, kind of abandoned him, like his, his mother dying, or he abandoned, like he left mm-hmm. the family that he had on earth. Right. And the family that he sort of discovers, it's, it's Yandu, it's Gamora, right. it's Drax, it's Rocket. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I really like that. That I think that makes the movie stronger, where it's yeah. a very explicit theme. Uh, it's not not just the Fast and the Furious yeah. that has a, a and and you a made lock a good point here. You know, you made a you made a good point here, like comparing it to Age of Ultron, which when we reviewed that movie, is like there were some amazing action scenes in that movie. Yeah, but the movie wasn't about anything. I still can't tell have, you. <laughs> it didn't have a it didn't have a theme. Like when you talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, oh, family. It's about family. Yeah. 
whether you like this movie or not, you know the theme. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, if we want to talk about criticisms, we could we could talk, do some similar criticisms to Age of Ultron. There's a lot going on in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it can be sloppy at times. Yeah. You know, there's there's lots of villains. You've got, there's all these, there's the, there's the Ravagers, there's Ego, there's the Sovereign. That's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff going on in one movie. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And they separate half the Guardians from each other, right? So you've right. got like two competing stories going on at the same time. Yeah. That's, that always can complicate a movie and make it harder to follow. Yeah. And you compare it to Ant-Man, which basically has kind of like one through line throughout. Yes. Uh, now, I think this movie certainly, uh, and you know, credit to James Gunn and you know, his editors, but they're able to sort of navigate those problems pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it could have been simpler. Sure. You know, we didn't necessarily need, we could have had reasons to make it, you know, less complicated. Like the, the we could have had one fewer intervention by the sovereign or one, sure. you know, you know, we didn't need to have all the ravagers murdered. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, well, at a high level, the movie is like two hours, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I actually think it would be stronger at a close, like closer to an hour and a half, maybe not exactly an hour and a half, like hour 45. Yeah. But that's kind of long. Because this is a throwback sort of to like an 80s action movie, not just because of the actors, but just in sort of style and mood and, mm-hmm. and everything. It's, and, you know, none of those movies that we grew up watching, I mean, those action movies were like more than 90 minutes. Yeah. That was like the, like, you couldn't do it. It's like, it's like a, it's like a pop song from, from 1965. They were all two minutes long. Right. Nothing was like more than four minutes. It was just, I, I really think there's something to that, to like a shorter movie, shorter, a little tighter, just keep, mm-hmm. keep more of it there. There's, there's a lot yeah. to that. And I think movies yeah. in general have gotten a little bloated and this, this movie yeah. does suffer from that. Yeah. Um, is Chris Pratt not a good actor? I think he's a good comedian. Um, this might, that might not be, this might not be his strong suit here, or at least in this yeah. movie, he did not necessarily convey some of the serious I thought, stuff. I thought, well. you know, some of the, some of the, um, you know, he was a breakout star from the first Guardians, mm-hmm. you know, sort of breaking out from his role as, in Parks and Rec, which we both love. Yep. Tremendously. Um, and really kind of establishing himself as a, as a movie star. Yeah. <clears throat> And he did the sort of the standard. He's also done the very, very 1980s approach of start on the small screen, mm-hmm. you know, work your way up. And all of a sudden you're a leading man on television. It's basically, he's got Bruce Willis's career. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, his acting in this, maybe not the best. I, I do think he's better in Infinity War. He might be, he might be. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, and it's not that he's bad. No, um, I just think that everybody else around him is really strong. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but anyway, kind of a minor point. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we've talked, we've alluded to this. How is this movie PG thirteen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so I know that it's like so. Most of the violence is perpetrated on non humans, right? Right. It's all these Ravager aliens and whatever, but straight up murdered people all yeah. over the place yeah they Pretty get arrowed cool too yeah they get they thrown get out of so that's just one scene though so like yondu just wipes out all the ravagers with his arrow yep. and then blows them up afterwards 
Yep. Right. Um, those same guys, like the previous scene that those guys were in, they were throwing other Ravagers just out the window of a of a of a spaceship. Yep. And letting them freeze to death. And depicting that too. <laughs> oh yeah. They showed them and you show that you, you see the moment. Oh, okay, okay, alive, 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 dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the 80s, they would just show them get blown out of the airlock and end it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or if they did show it where like, you know, they would have like the, somebody's head exploding, that was rated R. Right. right. You know, we would straight up have like like Kurt Russell wasn't in a lot of PG 13 movies. True. That's a good point. <laughs> Neither was Stallone. Like mm-hmm. like uh, Rambo, those were not PG 13. Yeah. Oh, and then um, right before that, uh, I think Rocket murdered a lot of those Ravagers too. He might have. He He's blowing have. them all up. Yeah. There's lots of just murder. Yeah. Um, and of, of humanoid type people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess if you just, if you make it a music video style movie where you've got a cool, cool song from 1964 playing in the background. That makes that it okay? Just, uh, makes it okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I watched it with my kid and I didn't have a problem with it, but you know, it's, it's just like, it's, it's violent. It is definitely violent. So, um, so yeah, I mean, are Ravagers good? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Because the the one that's supposed to be the leader of them, which in the first movie, is definitely bad. He ends up redeeming himself. Yondu, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The rest of the Ravagers were, as we sort of mentioned, every single one of them dies other than one other one. Yeah. And I think we're supposed to be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, you know, and so, you know, and Yandu does get his, you know, redemption there at the end, and he gets his, uh, um, full, you know, after death, uh, you know, benefits, mm-hmm. the, the funeral stuff. <laughs> yeah. So he killed just like, so he does sacrifice himself to save Peter. Right. Right. But he also kills like a whole ship full of ravagers. <laughs> do do is and and I know that you know the the unwritten code is that you don't kill. You don't you don't trade in children. That was yes. like you don't don't break that code. Right. Is killing your crew okay? <laughs> Apparently it's fine. I guess if they're mutineers, I guess you're okay. Yeah, that's the rule. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would think that killing your entire crew with an arrow and then blowing them up is worse than smuggling a few children. Well, then here's another thing: yeah. like, just from a resource standpoint, why'd you blow up your ship? <laughs> no reason he killed everybody on the ship he didn't have to blow it up isn't the ship at least worth something like they seem to be so. big on money like that's mm-hmm. a, hmm. yeah <clears throat> so yeah this is a good point about you why don't you talk about yeah so Equalitis. this is definitely a good movie it's enjoyable it's fun to watch mm-hmm. i think it might not get to the next level because this movie is clearly a sequel and it feels like it has a little bit of the sequelitis and yeah. my, my classic example is like, oh, people like Drax from the first movie. Let's just have a lot of Drax. They had kind of a lot of Drax. Yeah. Where he's, he talks a lot. And like any scene that for the first half of the movie, anything that was serious, the joke would always be Drax interjects somehow. And right. And says Drax something sort of inappropriate or, yeah. you know, talks about his, in, you know, huge turds. Yes. That was another thing. They talked about his huge turds. That's PG-13, guys. PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think that that was certainly, you know, we talk about the the runtime of two two fifteen. You know, we could have cut out, you know, ten percent of Drax's jokes, mm-hmm. and maybe this movie is running at you know two o five. And I do think it's less <laughs> less is more. Like they they had a good thing with more Drax screen time that's well served is his relationship with Mantis. They could have just done that maybe. Mm-hmm. Drax yeah. doing his line at the end. Mantis, look out! That's a great line. Keep that. Yeah, yeah. But you don't need him. I could interjects a ton in the beginning. Yeah, I didn't need like we talked about sort of the the space chase scene. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a part of it where Drax is sort of being dragged behind the thing because he pulls out a gun and is yeah. shooting them. For reasons yeah i didn't need to know about his sensitive nipples <laughs> oh yeah that's true <laughs> you know that could have been a joke that was just like whatever yeah yeah throwaway line um <laughs> that is kind of funny because they, they do bring it back at the end like it... oh yeah all of the jokes come back there's nothing that's like a standalone sort of yeah thing that's so the thing from that yeah. standpoint yeah. like you say it's it's a good movie yeah it's good it's just it's it it, it needed I, to make it great, mm-hmm. to make it like as good or better than its predecessor, it needed, right. you know, a little bit of like a scalpel. It didn't need like right. a shotgun to edit it. Right. Just like cut just a little here and there, just tighten it up. It would have been perfect. Right. And, and to be clear, like this is why this is it's in this category for our rankings. Like we haven't talked about the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie because we rank it higher. I think it's very clear that the first movie is is a better movie. And it's yeah. for it's for this the, the restraint that wasn't there, or perhaps they had to do more in the first one because that was the origin story. So there was just more plot to pack in. But this one is full of like little excessive. So ego. Yeah. So ego. Um, I think he's a good villain. I think like, he's a good villain Marvel, too. Marvel Marvel has um, a problem with villains. Yep. We talked about it a little bit, but just like the villains. Um, either being a little too similar to the heroes mm-hmm. in terms of powers and so the fight now the end fight scene with with ego is a little like uh, your standard <laughs> they, they fell back they have into the it. same fight they, they felt they fell back into it even though they had this different thing now they defeat him differently yes um because they defeat him as a team it's not just you know mm-hmm. they probably could have here's something they probably could have done without the peter ego fight right that doesn't even done, need to happen <laughs> it doesn't need to happen yeah. that's something they probably could have done without yeah and just and just do it with a you know surprise a hole kind of thing and the bomb goes off right you know <laughs> yeah P- peter never needs to realize his power like they, there's ways to write it where peter never realizes his powers and uh, particularly since it doesn't matter anymore because <laughs> his power was limited like it was it was tied to ego so now that ego yeah. is destroyed he doesn't have that power going forward. Nope. Nope. Would have been helpful against Thanos. Sure would have. Maybe they should have found another way to neutralize Ego and then uh, not worry about Thanos. Well, they didn't know. Th- no, they know Thanos is coming up because <laughs> part of the movie ends with the nebula on the hunt to try to kill Thanos. Well, and, and they knew Thanos was looking for the Infinity Stone in the first movie. Yep. So, huh. <laughs> um, by the way, you see Nebula take off to try to kill Thanos. Now that we know what Thanos is all about, uh, Nebula, you got no shot. <laughs> yeah. you, you can shoot this him with a gun. A, that doesn't work. This is this is like uh, tilting at windmills. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Ego to this point is the most powerful villain the MCU has encountered, I mm-hmm. would say. Certainly totally. More than 
Voltron or um, <laughs> Loki. Yeah. So um, uh, then we've got our anti-hero issue. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think when we you know, look at many of these characters, certainly a lot of the Guardians, certainly Yondu, the way he's been portrayed in this, he's kind of an anti-hero. He's not like full-on good guy. No. They do bad things sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I do think there's a, there's a little bit of a, a deft line that they're, they're doing here in the MCU where they've just, they've got to like, you know, they fully redeem Yondu here at the end. Mm -hmm. And we talk about, you know, he just killed a whole ship full of Ravagers, but yeah, ignore that. Um, he's so been redeemed. He's got yeah. his funeral rights. He's going to heaven now. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> space heaven, yeah. And, and space. space heaven. So, um, and, and this might be just a factor of its, you know, the, the, the parent company of its course is, of course, Disney. Mm -hmm. And Disney doesn't really do Breaking Bad. No. You know, they, don't, they don't have, you know, uh, Tony Soprano as their lead. Yeah. where you're he's the hero but he's also doing bad things mm -hmm. uh to get to the end which may be good or bad like the end so like it's going to be really interesting um you know there's a there's a subtle line here in, in these types of movies so i think you know the way that they treated hulk for example is a, is a good one mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. hulk's got to be fully redeemed at the end to yeah. where he, he sort of fits as a hero um it's going to be really interesting how they handle some of the upcoming characters, which we know they're going to eventually look at. So a character like Wolverine, uh, Deadpool, if they take dead, because the Deadpool we've seen in the Fox universe, um, particularly if they keep Ryan Reynolds and it looks like they're going to, mm -hmm. um, it's, he's not a hero. No, but they have announced a Deadpool three or like they've at least strongly hinted that a Deadpool they've certainly strongly hinted. I don't know that we've seen like the, you know, full-on yeah it's going to happen mm -hmm. but i at some point we're going to see these characters right many x-men are i mean magneto is a perfect example well too that guy's just you a know. villain <laughs> he is just a villain but he's often he's often looked at as a hero in certain storylines yes well um, i'm going to tell you right now that is wrong <laughs> i agree he is a he's 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 bad guy yeah but wolverine kills guys okay straight well, up you know, wolverine is one where i'm like more sympathetic to because he's yeah. you know yeah. wolverine the one-on-one -on -one usually could be argued self-defense or he's murdering like murderers like that's the wolverine yeah. line i'm okay with that yeah. uh, magneto as depicted in movies and the comics murderer <laughs> yeah full-on um, murderer yeah uh i think um you know daredevil sort of crosses that line mm -hmm. or walks that line certainly too because yeah. he just likes to fight up. She just likes to straight up fight people. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, he gets off on it. Yeah. And uh, even though he's doing good things by, you know, pummeling bad people into a pulp, right. he kind of likes the, he kind of likes the danger too much. Right. Um, Jessica Jones, kind of similar kind of character. She's self-destructive and, and kind of toes that line. Yeah, and Disney's going to have to figure out how to sort of work all of these anti-heroes into their into their heroes, right? And not just make them all heroes. I think uh, we've kind of seen this now. I'm going to say WandaVision. So I, that's I, a good point. I do think people incorrectly said like, "Oh, just because 
you know, Photon says that like, oh, they don't know what she went through. I don't think she's fully redeemed. She better not be. Yeah, and I don't think that's depicted. And this, this is one of those things of like, are you watching the same show? People who just think like, oh, they just redeemed her. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they made it really clear that that town was not happy with her. No, certainly true. But like, she also goes away and she like she gets to go away but she she gets to go away and there's and there's no external consequences there certainly isn't yeah i think she has she has like she's clearly still damaged damaged and grieving yeah um but she doesn't have like you know they didn't put her in prison that's true you know we don't see her you know being carted off with you know magical manacles Right. And I do think that we're going to see more of that. Uh, I do think the lack of external consequences in her case is more like, well, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> Right. Certainly. I mean, you could have the sort of the practical questions about that, but also, you know, it, clearly like with the Winter Soldier, for example, like mm-hmm. he's on this redemption tour. Right. right. He is, he is facing those consequences. Right. And like they, they yeah, they, they address it. In and they Falcon explain Wars. it. It's like, yeah. okay, you've been, you've, you've been um, pardoned for all right. of you that you've done wrong. Right. But he's, he's working on sort of the internal stuff too. Right. So, so, and, you know, at the end of uh, Civil War, he goes to sleep. He, he, he's, he's cryogenically frozen. Sure, like, sure. And that's, and that's of his own choosing. It's like a, it's like a punishment that he has. So. Right. Yeah, that is interesting, and that. that <laughs> so here, here's my other beef with like the the way that Marvel or Disney Marvel does the hero antihero. Tony Stark antihero, you yeah. kill the whole country or city or whatever. We talked about this like when we did Age of Ultron. Like he, he's a war criminal. He should be in prison. Yeah, and that is a case where like, wait, so the Winter Soldier had to get pardoned. That was completely not under his own power, and that's 100 yeah. percent established. Tony Stark uh, never, <laughs> never even has to get pardoned for some reason. Yeah, it's a lot like uh, our own universe where billionaires get to do whatever the hell they want. Hmm. Huh? Realistic, right? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor yeah. guys. Yeah, they, they have to. I mean, do you know, there's a pandemic going on. Meanwhile, you know, a couple of billionaires get to fly into space. Yeah, and become trillions. Yeah, like and yeah. just get a lot more money and cut their own staff and you know pay them <laughs> nothing and don't let them go on bathroom breaks and have them not unionize. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Jeff Bezos for prison. How about that? I'm I'm all in favor. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, um, my son Elliot. Uh, Elliot's uh, one one word statement about uh, this movie. Funny. Nice. Mm-hmm. My kids do not remember seeing. No, they have seen it, and they went back mm-hmm. to, to watch it all. This, they like this movie. They they like both Guardians of the Galaxies movies, but they're not as high up as you know Ant Man. Ant Man sure. is just sure. through the roof, highest Q rating in my for your kids. Yeah, my, yeah, my family and, loves and Ant Man. And I think, and I think your your wife even said she didn't like the Guardians movies, right? My wife yeah. has fallen asleep both times we tried to play the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I do think this is a case, this is like a little bit of a matter of taste. Uh, as soon as I showed Guardians of the Galaxy to my wife, she was like, why did you think I'd like this? I, the, the color palette and everything completely turns her off, like the super cartoony uh-huh. look. And mm-hmm. she does like sci-fi, like the reboot of Star Trek, love Star Trek. 
that's even her kind with of all even with all the the lens flare. flares yeah yeah but totally into that movie that's the mm-hmm. kind of movie she's into but this one yeah it is distinctive and it just yeah. that doesn't hit okay but ant-man 100 well, percent hit ant-man is like woo. <laughs> wow just, all they want to see is ant-man yeah so i mean we're going to get to all these things later but uh you know uh my kid sort of is you know he's got his are like i think i think your kids agree too like spider-man is the, the oh yeah epitome the top spider-man uh, number one my kids love Spider-Man the spider number one same yeah. same with my kid yeah. uh number two for my kid captain america yeah i imagine your kids are probably a little bit more boring on that one so okay so definitely ant-man for the youngest one the older mm-hmm. one for jillian jillian does like uh captain america okay well okay well great so uh next week we're talking about neither of those yes of course um but uh i think we are done are we done i think we're done I think we're done. We got it. Hour and a half. Awesome. See, a tight hour and a half. Like, as we've been tight saying. hour and a half, and it makes it a great podcast listening experience. Great movie. We probably should just release this as a video. It's just you and I sitting here talking to each other <laughs> hundreds of miles away. But yeah, um, I don't know if that's necessary. <laughs> just like the unnecessary things. Like you could just listen. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. Just listen. Uh, thank you, Michael. And thank you, Shane.